Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Thursday night, Monday morning podcast. It's a Thursday night, Monday morning podcast. It is indeed Thursday night in Ireland, here in County Kildare, in the beautiful town of Newbridge, just on the outskirts of Newbridge, actually, just on the edge of the Curra. If you don't know what the Curra is, you should look it up. It's beautiful. A shout out to everybody who listens outside of Ireland. I noticed I had a listener in Vietnam. If you are my listener in Vietnam, please make yourself known. You can send me an email to I want to know as a local. I like to think that there's a local man in Vietnam who doesn't speak any English and he listened and he somehow came across my podcast on an old airplane transistor radio that he found deep in the forest. And he doesn't understand what I'm saying, but he likes the sound of my voice. So um hi to that man. <laughs> do let me know where you're listening from and who you are. Make yourself known to me. The email address is keithwalchpod at gmail.com. I can exclusively reveal that I haven't had one email <laughs> to that address. So that's good. But I'll keep pushing it. I'll keep going, guys. You can't stop me that easily. Um. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think this is going to be a thing. I put out a couple of podcasts on a Monday put one out on a Thursday night, Friday morning, and uh, I'll see how long that lasts, because at the moment I have time, so I'm racking up the interviews. I had a great interview today with a young lady called Kira, um, which I'll probably try and get up next week. Not someone you'll know, really, unless you know Kira. You might have come across her, but a very interesting story. And she just emailed me and said, I've got a great story. This is my story. I'd love to chat to you and tell my story. And I said, right, that is a great story. I'd love to chat to you. She emailed me two days ago and I spoke to her today. Um, I can also reveal that I spoke to her yesterday because I didn't record the Zoom call when I talked to her yesterday. So I had to straight away, I had to tell her um, something went wrong. And I owned up. I said, look, I didn't record that. Um... I was too eager, so I pressed record early. Then when it came to... I do this thing where I close down the video so that the sound quality is better and it doesn't drop and it doesn't lag as much. I can't say the sound quality is better because it's terrible. I need to get a new mic. I know. Um, And I have to stop going. All those things. I could edit them all out, but... um, Hey, life's too short. So um, I, I generally just leave my interviews as they are, warts and all, which you'll hear. But anyway, yeah, Kira, uh, I talked to her yesterday, I talked to her today, and we got a great interview down both days. I managed to record the one today, so I will pr- 
probably, possibly, hopefully put that out next week. I don't know how long I'll be able to do three uh, episodes a week. But uh, I don't know if I'll be able to keep up the level of three interviews a week. But I might be. And as I said, I'm interested in people's stories. So if you think you've got a story that you want to tell me, it doesn't matter how stupid or how brilliant or whatever. Uh, do get in touch. I want to talk to you. I talk to real people about real things. That's my aim. Uh, and I say I may not may not have time to do three interviews a week because uh, I will be rehearsing full time. I had a really inter- interesting meeting today. It was really brilliant. So next Thursday... Today is the today is the first of October. Next Thursday, which will be the eighth, I presume, we will be announcing my tour of Ireland with my play Pure Mental, and um, hopefully, I'll be coming to a town near you. So keep an eye out for the ticket sales at your local theatre. I'll be talking about it on my Instagram. So if you follow me there, you'll be able to keep up to speed. And it's very exciting. It's weird. Uh, it's odd to think that in about a month's time I will be starting off on a tour of the country and I'm, I'm very uh, scared and excited and everything all at the same time Ho- that's that's hoping that COVID behaves itself you know which who knows it's in the lap of the gods the COVID gods but hopefully and there's other stuff booked for January as well so we're going to be busy I suppose what I can do is on the nights I do a show I can just record a post show bit let people know how I got on. That might be interesting. Maybe it won't be. Who knows? Anyway, that's the news. And uh, on the card front, because I've been creating these wonderful cards, it's a little sideline business, a bit of sideline hustle. I've been working up cards, and uh, I want to do a calendar for 2021 as well. Um, the calendar will be the sort of, uh, well, it can't be any fucking worse than 2020 calendar. Um... So I have to get that into print in the next few weeks, really. Um, Today I was working on my Christmas cards. Uh, So I'm going to just get four done up that I've made and created and get them printed up and sell them in batches of four. So if you're interested, you can, again, follow me on Instagram, buy a card, buy a few cards. I'm hoping to do one especially for uh, a mental health organisation and all of the money will go to charity. Uh, The other money will go towards buying a decent mic for the podcast. This one's okay. But it's the one, it's the USB I use when I'm doing the Zoom calls. So apologies for the sound, everybody. So that's what's going on with me. As always, let me know what's going on with you. Where are you? Where are you listening? And uh, if there's anything I can do, read out a, a letter like a, an agony uncle, do get in touch. I had a man get in touch with me today about his, um, he was trying to shed a few pounds, trying to get a bit leaner, and he was asking me about uh, meal planning and uh calories and being calorie deficient and all that stuff so um yeah i mean it's just if you're interested in that and you're 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 getting into exercise it's just a matter of having less calories than you burn in the day slightly less doesn't have to be a huge amount depends on how much you want to burn be careful with that kind of thing as well and then um eat good carbs you know so plenty of brown rices and veg and fruit and maybe you could up the protein a little bit but not necessary just keep the carbs Good carbs. Stay off the sweets. Uh, I suppose stay off the booze if you can. And a um, bit of extra protein at every meal. That's it. Cut out the... I was going to say cut out the snacks, but no snack. But snack on veg and fruit. There you go. That's my two cents. Someone's going to listen to this and go, Keith, that is 
horse shit. I don't think it is. It might be horse shit. I'm not, I'm not qualified. Anyway, that's enough of my intro today. Um, it's time for me to introduce this evening's guest. And when I say this evening's guest, it might be this morning's guest, because you might be listening in the morning. It might be lunchtime. It's time to introduce the guest of this podcast, which is episode six of the Keith Walsh podcast. And it is the very brilliant Dieran. Do you know Dieran? Dieran Garrahy, you know. Uh, she is on The Breakfast Show on 2FM. She uh, is a, a brilliant mimic. You'd see her. Does she still do this? She she kind of started off. I suppose people she would have come to most people's. Uh, she would have people would have made herself known to most people as the girl on Instagram who did impressions of other Instagrammers, and she was brilliant at that. And she got herself uh, gigs on radio and worked her way up. And now she's on the Two FM Breakfast Show. She has a TV show as well. Uh, she's on the Player, where she does her impression, the impressions. Her impre- she does her impressions on the Player, um, sketch show, effectively. And uh, she's an excellent podcast herself, which is called The Laughs of Your Life, where she talks to famous people about the things that made them laugh in their life. Um, and it's a great podcast and you should listen to it. And if you're listening to this, you probably have already listened to it. There you go. It is. Um, I think that's enough information. I will let you know towards the end. I asked I was asking her about her grandfather, who unfortunately passed away. And I thought I should really edit that. And I thought, look, it's, this is what happened. Charlie started barking, kind of ruined the moment. So I've left it in uh, and I've left all the and the in. So I apologize for that and the quality of the microphone. Need to stop apologizing. Anyway, that's enough rambling from me. Enjoy episode six of the Keith Walsh podcast with Duran Gary. I do have to add that at the very start to this, which I've left in as well, I had a little chat with um with the lads who were doing my, my bathroom uh, just outside the door of the room where I record this, and uh, they were very polite politely agreed to stop making noise while we did the <laughs> we did the, the podcast and there's a little bit of Charlie growling at the start as well. The big Egypt. You'll hear all that. It's all there. Hope someday you will join us. Well yeah I'll, I'll give I'll... Yeah let no anyway yeah we we I know you said we will take make up the back and stuff. Okay cool yeah right. two seconds anyway thanks a Charlie, 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 stay here. You big idiot. How are you getting on anyway, man? Good, yeah, all good, all good. No, no big snags or anything. Uh, not so far anyway. Nice one. Cheers, man. Uh, is is he okay to be quiet now? Is that all right? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Stop that. Stop screaming. They're loud. He's, he's, he's I'd say that'd be less than an hour. Yeah, no, Cheers, lads. Thanks very much. <laughs> 
Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? Very good. I just had to, um, there's some men in my house fixing the bathroom, so I had to tell them to be quiet. So That is quite all right. That's the excitement here. How, are you okay? I'm all good. As you in like, <laughs> like, you know, because I know what it's like to be, to be to be working on the breakfast show and to be asked to do something at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday and to agree to do it and then come like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, why did I agree to do that thing at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday? That's honestly, the worst time. No, honestly, I am delighted to do this. Uh, first of all, because it's you and I would, I'm delighted to be a guest on your podcast. And second of all, um, I don't usually nap until about one, so it's okay. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering about your nap, your nap system. Actually, let's jump straight into it. Let's just go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, what's your, what's yeah, your nap? Hold on, before, sorry, before we start, is um, is this what I'm I'm coming through? Yeah, I can hear that. Hello, banging. hello, hello. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I can hear you banging. Yeah, I think it's loud enough. Sounds okay. sounds okay to me. Um, but I'm no expert. You know, I'm <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, uh, Darren. So I'm just a guy standing in front of a zoo asking <laughs> it to work. So tell us about your uh, tell us about your nap schedule. That's the thing I'm mo- like. Literally, I just want to ask you about your nap schedule, and then that's the podcast done. Well, like I mean, I think from one person with breakfast show experience to another, it's all we really care about. <laughs> um, I do you know what? Some days I don't nap at all, just because some days actually I feel like my head is better if I don't. Sometimes powering through is the better option because there are days where I wake up from a nap and I'm like, oh, not, not good. Mm. Just like, just feel groggy and grumpy. Um, and that's usually if I've napped for too long. Then other days I might do 45 minutes and be like, whoa, new woman. feel like I got nine hours. So it just, it depends day to day. And, and I suppose with the pandemic and lockdown and all that, I haven't got a whole lot of other things going on. Like I have maybe online stuff, like the podcast or whatever. Um, but I'm not dashing around the place. So I don't need the naps as much. Mm, you're not too bit. Yeah, I know. I get you. I get you. It's taken me a while to grow out of the napping, but I, I think I'm finally getting there. Um, but I was, I think because, because I had done breakfast ready for so long and I was getting to the point where I was like towards the, la- the end of five years and two of them, I was like napping for two hours and still feeling like it wasn't enough. I think that was a sign. There was definitely signs there that (laughs) maybe I was coming to the end of my my ability to keep this going for another while. Um, But uh, yeah, so now I'm finally kind of like a year and a bit later growing out of the naps, which is good. But also, lest we forget, you a, a good chunk of your time on breakfast was, wasn't it you on your own from six to seven and then a three hour show from seven to 10? Well, we did. No, it was like at the start, it was six to seven. And then I, I did that for a year and a half, but I knocked that on the head. So there was a period where I was doing six till 10, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just, but, but, but I think the actual, the six to 10, well, that was just for a short period, maybe six months or whatever. So I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me here. Um, do you know what I mean? But the thing, no. the thing that I put something up a while ago, um, on I don't know when I was doing my my one man show the preview and I and I put up a quote about the thing that people ask the question that I got asked the most was what time do you go to bed at yeah 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 which uh, I presume you can relate to what are the two questions you get asked the most I presume that's right up there 
Um, about you know, your, about your gig, about your radio gig. About, yeah. yeah. What time do you go to bed? And uh, are you an own? Do you actually get on? <laughs> oh, yes. Are you actually friends? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I'm sure that was the same for you. Yeah, totally, totally. I don't, I think that's because if you're on the radio together, people think you, you should be pals and you should hang out all the time. Like there's not that many work colleagues that kind of just are pals and hang out all the time, you know? It's... Do, you know do you know how I described it to someone the other day? You know those work friendships you have? Like I remember in Spain, there was a girl I was really good friends with. And it's the type of, it's the type of friend that like, you know, say for example, if they're getting married, you know all the details about their wedding, you know the, the table plan, blah, blah, blah. But you actually don't know if you'll get the invite. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of friend. Yeah. It's like, you know the intricate details about their life, but you don't you've never necessarily gone for drinks. Actually, Jen didn't invite us to her wedding. I saw that as a headline recently, actually, and it was, it was separate to this. I don't know who I was saying this to the other day, but sorry, now that you say it, I saw that as a headline recently enough. She, she regrets it. She says she regrets it. She's just trying yeah, to, she's just, yeah, shut, shut up. If she, <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't have gone anyway. We were too busy. We actually, we had threatened to bring the, the bring the, the road, whatever it's called, the road, the, the roadcaster to the wedding okay. and, and broadcast the breakfast show from outside the wedding, but... <laughs> But of course, the, the problem with us and the difference between us, our show and your show is we're really bad. We'd have these great ideas and then not do anything about it. Yeah. You guys are very good at doing stuff. How are you, how are you enjoying doing the breakfast show? Are you a year, a year in now? A uh, we started June 2019. So yeah, over a year, a year and four months. Um, oh, look, I, I absolutely love it. I really, truly love it. Um, I think with any job, you probably go through bouts of being like, oh my God, moaning about, say, a particular part of it. For example, the early mornings, which I did go through there for, for a while. Um, I think, it was, yeah, like at the start of lockdown, it was a bit like, what the hell is this? No, first of all, it was a novelty because it was like, oh my God, like we're still on air, yet loads of people aren't even going to work. And what way is the show going to be? Then it kind of got into a, a mode of like, oh, like really, like when is normality going to come back and when are we going to feel like we have commuters tuning in with us and truckers on the road listening in and all that kind of stuff and then own came back into studio which we neither of us realized how much we were actually missing because you need that you need those even just a facial expression or a hand gesture from each other to know that the other is listening and the other cares about what you're saying, um, which you kind of, we lost for a while because I was in studio and he was at home and you're more focused on not interrupting each other, making sure that one person's talking to one caller, the other one's talking, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas in studio, you, it flows so much better because you can see each other and you can go kind of hand up, say here, I'm going to come in here or whatever it might be. So now that we're both back in studio, it's, it's, I've never loved the show as much. Right. And I think that the thing is, especially, it's great to have other bodies and, and other energies in the room. Even, like some of our best shows were when somebody was in a bad mood. Because yeah. you really have to pull it out of the bag, but also that energy, kind that gave you an energy. And the, the bad mood generally might have lasted the first hour, and then the next hour or two hours were brilliant. Yes. You know, yeah, like the person, yeah. would, the person would come around, something funny would be said, they'd laugh. And the fact that the person in the bad mood suddenly was 
you know, be it me or Jen or Bert, you know, suddenly like was laughing, you know, it's like making your pals laugh when you're young or, or your parents or whoever's in the bad mood that you need to cheer up. It's kind of like that. And then you're like, you're off and running, you know, the show. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think the people in the good mood see it as a challenge to kind of, to bring them out of it and be like, come on, we can, we can do this. Yeah. So, uh, so more, yeah. I, there's moments in the show where you're like, right now the show has started, you know, and it could be like, yes. it could be, could be a half an hour before the end, you know? Yes, exactly. Unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, um, and I'm, I'm very glad to be talking to you today because, uh, I mean, I've just started this podcast thing, but you're, you're, uh, um, I was going to say an old hat, but you're, obviously you're not old. Uh, but this is your, so you're, you, today you launched, was, is it just the first episode of your third series? Is that, am I right? Uh, first episode of the fourth series. Fourth yeah. series, okay. So, wow, uh, and and what a what a what a what a guest! Can I just say, here's something I think is very important to say because this chat, this podcast, I I really wanted to be about people and having real conversation with real people and people that I really re- like and respect, and I know I can have real conversation with them. And this is probably so. I started a podcast, and I saw, and obviously the Paul Meskel, Chris O'Dowd thing had been in the ether, you know, and I, I was aware of that was happening. And for a moment when I saw you announcing that, and I went, oh, fuck, that's really good. That's a great fucking guest, you know, that'll blow, that'll blow every other, you know, episode out of the water that week and probably for a while afterwards, because everybody's going to want to listen to it, right? And I had that for a moment. And then I was like, because I'd been talking to my wife, who's just, bear with me, i have been talking to my wife who just started up a business. And she was getting freaked out about these other companies who were doing something similar. And she was like, we've just started now other companies. And I kept saying to her, this is good. This is good because it's, you know, people are, you're, you're creating a sort of a market. Uh, it's good competition. You're, you're creating a space yeah. where people can go to buy the things that you do. It's great. You know, and that's so, so, so when I was looking at your podcast and the Paul Mesta again, and I was going, and then I went, no, this is fucking great because this will bring people to podcasts yeah. that either weren't aware of podcasts, had no interest in listening to podcasts, didn't know how to find a podcast on their phone, didn't know they existed, thus making the marketplace bigger for everybody. So thank you very much. Oh my God, that's a lovely way of looking at it. Thank you, Keith. I, I, I never would have thought about it that way. No, but it's true. It's important. It's important that people like you are making podcasts. It's important that people like Paul is doing the interviews with you, especially for the Irish market, because now we can go, all right, now we have something here. Like we're, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. We've got Tommy and Hector joined in there, yeah. you know, uh, and, and I, I just see, well, this is, this is, this is a, a force now almost, and maybe lockdown has helped it a little bit. Um, so I suppose to tell anybody who, who doesn't know who you are, uh, maybe I might get some international listeners. You never know. You never know. Darren, uh, how did the Chris O'Dowd, Paul Meskel interview come about? So I was on Twitter one day um, and I have had uh, Blind Boy on the podcast. Um, So I saw that Blind Boy tweeted and said, I'd love to see Paul Mescal play uh, Michael Collins. He has the right head for it or something along those lines. So Paul Mescal quote tweeted that and said, I'm in. And then Chris O'Dowd commented underneath that and said something, something along the lines of, while we're making lists, I would like Paul to play something, something else. And it was something funny. And I just, I saw this and I was like, right, these are all, these three people are involved in this conversation. I've had Blind Boy on the podcast. I would love to have Paul and Chris. Why don't I just go for it? So while the conversation was fresh, like I think Chris's comment was only about two minutes before, I commented underneath and I said, 
while we're making lists, I'm making a list for guests for my new podcast. Um, at uh, Chris O'Dowd, at Paul Meskel, will you be guests? Blind Boy has done it before. So I then screenshotted this, put it on my Insta story and basically roped in my brilliant following and was like, go to, please go to Twitter and like this tweet because the more it was liked, the more it would stay up at the top of their feed and they basically couldn't ignore it. So it was my bully tactic, basically. <laughs> like, just hound them. So anyway, people did this and the, the tweet just gained traction. So Chris O'Dowd then replied and said something like, will Twink be there? So I then like joked over and back and then Chris said, um, how much will you pay us? So I replied and said, it's far from big money, both of you are rare. Basically, get over yourselves. Let's just do this. I'll provide tea and purple snacks. This is before, lol, this is before I knew the lockdown was going to last for so long. I was like, I'll provide tea and purple snacks. Are you in? And anyway, Tato commented and they said, we'll provide the crisps for the conversation. So then Chris replied and said, Tato, if you donate 10,000 euro to RTE Comic Relief, Paul and I will do it, right? So I've, I've joked about this. I had visions of like a social media intern who's in charge of the Twitter having to go to their boss and be like, so uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but we might have to donate 10,000 euro to charity. So anyway, the Tato account remained silent for about 24 hours. Um, and in the meantime, Guinness chimed in and said, hey, Tato, we'll give 5,000 if you give 5,000 on the basis that the two lads do the podcast. So they couldn't ignore it. So Chris and Paul said, yeah, we're in. So we'll do it. So I was like, holy moly, like how has this happened? Then I get um, contacted by Comic Relief who say, Darren, I don't know if you know this, but for every uh, cent that's raised for Comic Relief, the government said they would match it. Um, but there's a deadline on this. It has to be done by whatever date it was. So basically 20,000 euro was raised for Comic Relief on the basis that the lads would do the podcast. So I recorded with Chris back in July and then Paul, I was kind of over and back with him on Twitter DMs and then uh, his publicist kind of got involved or whatever because he got nominated for the Emmy and he's at, a, I suppose, a stage in his career and, and life where he has to be minded, you know? He, he, he can't just be doing interviews. Left <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's at the pinnacle of, of, of his stardom, I suppose. So his publicist kind of said, look, anyway, we could push this out to the end of the year. And I kind of said, actually, no, we can't. Like, we need to do this now. People are really invested in it. 20,000 euros has been donated to charity. And this wasn't Paul, by the way. This was just the publicist minding him and kind of saying, we need to have a trajectory for the Emmys and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, eventually we got a date in the diary and I recorded it with him there about two weeks ago. Um, and so, yeah, the podcast, the episode is out today and Chris will be a little bit later on in the series. Absolutely brilliant. I just, I just love the story. I love the fact that, and I think, you know, not to be too wanky about it, but like there's a lesson in there. Like just, you know, sometimes you just have to just hold on to your nuts and just ask the question, you know, and like, you know, and you, and, and you do make that face, don't you? Because there's lots of people that I've asked to do things and I go and I press send and like, oh, yeah. no. And I never hear back. I never hear back from them, and it's fine. You know, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Do yeah. you? Are you? Uh, are you? Are you? Do you have any belief in like what people talk about, like the universe and energies, and uh, I don't want to say manifestation, or but having a positive outlook, or where do you where do you sit with all that kind of stuff? Because it seems to me. Like I've recently 
I recently uh, decided to do things without expectation. So it takes the pressure off me so I can do something so I can text, I can send you a message and say, Jeremy, would you do the podcast? This, that, that's, that's that part of my job done. You know, it's over. If you come back to me, then, you know, then maybe we're on or you can't or whatever, then, then we deal with that then, you know, so it's to do things without expectation and it frees you up. Where do you, where do you sit with all that kind of greater, bigger world thinking? Do, or, or have I gone too far? No, not at all. Like I, I totally hear you. And I, I think I would be similar in that I would just go for things. And I wasn't always that way. I would, I, I kind of went through a phase. I, I've spoken about this recently enough with someone, I can't remember who. Um, I went through a bit of a phase in college where I, I really lacked self-belief. And I really lacked self-confidence. Um, they, do you know what it came down to? Um, my college course, I did drama and theater studies. And it was one of these courses where you audition to get in. Yeah, if you get the audition, all well and good, but you have to then get the points in the leaving cert. So you audition in like April and then you do the leaving cert. And I just scraped the course, right? So the course was 500 points and I got 505. And it was very funny. Like no one expected me to do that well in the leaving cert. No one. My parents, my sisters, my teachers were even like, how did, did this happen? And it was, it was a case of my last exam, there was five, there was five days excuse me, there's five days between my second last and my last exam. And I had, I just sat at the table and I absolutely and utterly crammed, right? And so my last subject that I sat for the leaving cert was my best. It was an A2. And it just bumped me up to a a point where I never, like I never would have got those points, right? So anyway, I I got into the course, but it was very clear to me from the get-go that I was not as smart as the other people in my course. I just wasn't. Like they were people who had done a combination of like biology, physics, um, you know, uh, three languages, an extra subject of Latin for the crack. Like it was just, I wasn't in that category. And and from the get-go in first year, I knew that. And, And so I actually got to a point where I think for second, third and fourth year, we used to have two tutorials a week where you would sit around with your lecturer and you'd ask them questions and you'd have conversations. When I say, Keith, I didn't utter a word. I didn't say a single word in my tutorials for second, third and fourth year because I just lost the confidence. And I told this story to someone recently. I, I remember it really became clear to me when one day I went shopping with my sister Alva, who you've met, um, and we were up in Blanche and I was bringing back a pair of shoes in River Island. And I went in, Alba was like, come on, we'll go into River Island. We'll, we'll, you can bring them back. I'll just potter around. So I went up and I, I kind of was hovering near the, 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 the cashier, right? And I, I couldn't bring myself to even go up and say, hey, I just want to return these shoes. It got that bad. So Alva kind of came over and said, what are you doing? I was like, I, I, I'm just, she was like, bring back the fucking shoes. So I went up to the till and I went to say it. I went bright red. I couldn't even say I want to bring back these shoes. It was just, and it only, it hadn't dawned on me how bad it had got. I didn't have the confidence to bring back a pair of shoes. So I remember Alva being like, Dee, what's the story with you? Like, Jesus, like, are you all right? And it's so weird because that wasn't that long ago. That was only about five or, that was only about six years ago. And I then didn't have the language to say, I think I'm suffering from anxiety or I think I whatever it was, like, it's unbelievable how much, you know, the, the conversation about men, around mental health and 
and all that has evolved. Like now I know what was wrong with me. I was in a, I was just in a bit of a rut. And then I didn't even know that. But it, it took kind of leaving college and just finding a different path that wasn't what I kind of was in in college for me to really get back to being myself. And, and then, you know, when everything took off for me with the Snapchat stuff and all that kind of stuff, I kind of got into a little bit of a mode again of like, oh God, oh, am I really like imposter syndrome? And then, and I come back to this all the time, it took my dad saying to me, Darren, you do realize no one gives a fuck about you. And, I, and the first day he said that, I was like, dad, what do you mean? Like, he was like, outside your family and maybe one or two friends, he was like, you're fooling yourself if you think you even have three best friends. You don't. No one does. It's not, it just doesn't happen. No one cares what you are at. They are too wrapped up in their own stuff. Even if they do care, it's for a fleeting moment and then they move on. Their child starts crying and they move on. Or whatever it is. He was like, they don't give a shit what you're at. So you may as well just take the leap with whatever you're doing. And if you fail, who gives a shit? You learn and you move forward. Fail again, fail better, as Beckett says. Like, I, I, I just, I, in the past few years, I've just gotten into a mode of taking the leap and just, just believing if things are meant to be, they will be. So I don't know about the whole universe thing and think, you know, stars aligning and all that stuff, but I do know that if you are passionate about something and if you back yourself and if you make the leap, what can go wrong? Okay, yeah, you might fail, but at least you don't have a shitty feeling of regret that you didn't give it a go in the first place. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's good to pray that you'll catch the bus, but you also have to be running for the bus as well. Exactly. You know, so it's a combination of, but I really like your dad's wisdom and it's, it really is sort of that kind of, you know, with do things without expectation. It's it's another way of looking at it. Nobody's looking at you. You know, Bernard used to say when his mother used to get him to try on clothes in, in Duns and he he'd be embarrassed to try them on in the floor and she would like, sure, who'd be looking at you? Um like who who would be looking at you? And and I like it's great that you did that in this in, in the space of six years. I'm twenty years like twenty years later, actually it's more from college, twenty five years later from college, I'm still only fucking getting to that point now I don't even know how I got to this point I don't know how I have a house or a wife or children like I have my I've only started really thinking about shit and and trying to make decisions for myself and I, and you should have just gone to my college where you just needed to have a pair of trousers and a shirt and 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 they'd let you in and I studied drama for two years and, <laughs> but, you know but, like, like you're saying there that you don't know how you got to that point sometimes I I envy that in that. And I, I don't know, I don't know your, your, your journey or you know, your journey. Let's talk about my journey. Let's talk. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I think, and my dad would say this as well. Sometimes um, I think people are almost hyper aware of their struggles or their uh, anxieties. And, and they almost think about it so much that it, it paralyzes them. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes if you think about your situation too much, it can be a bit paralyzing and you can self-diagnose problems that actually aren't as big a problems as you've made in your head. You know what I mean? There is a thing of getting out of your own way. Yeah. So you can be so driven and so purposeful and so aware goal of... Goal setting. Goal setting, but also aware of what, of 
you know, what you're not doing and what someone else is doing and why aren't you getting this gig or why aren't you getting that job or why aren't you getting that promotion and why is that person, why is that person who's in school with you at the same time now driving a Porsche and you're not driving a Porsche or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. you, can, you can really, you know, for, for, for me, a lot of it is just taking a step back and just getting out of your own way. And that's where, you know, you, you sort of, that's where you see people kind of fall down. Like they're so driven that sometimes any little bump in the road can really throw them off and, 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 and they can really struggle with it, you know? Yeah. Um, is there, are there people in RTE? Because, I mean, you've, like you, you're, You've done quite well quite quickly in, in, in like, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to be licking your arse around, but I'm just trying to get to something. Um, like, as you said, you're just six years out of college. And now you're doing stuff on TV, doing stuff on radio, you're, you're, you're working in RT. Have, have, has anybody in RT come up to you and given you any advice, like, like Joe or Miriam or... Claire or you know or Ryan has anybody come up to you and taken you aside and said listen you know don't let the bastards get you down or <laughs> watch out for him he's a wanker he'll he'll do you has anyone well I mean no one's allowed near each other in the past six months or so no so not, not that I can remember immediately but like uh yes yeah like uh Marty Whelan actually I bump into a bit on the on the corridors in the morning and he's just I mean, he's been in it like his whole life and he's in a mode of just, you know, just keep plowing forward. So sometimes I would chat to him, Ryan Turbody, I had on the, on the last of your life. And um, I think there's so much to be learned from him and, and his experiences. Um, but no one's, no one's taken me aside. I, my godfather, Ian Dempsey, would be a seriously brilliant sound, soundboard, sounding board. Yeah, neither are. Yeah, neither are. He is... Uh, I think he's the epitome of someone who just keeps moving, doesn't think too much about things, whatever feels right, he goes with. Like, I think to be on a breakfast show for 20 years plus and to still be at the top of your game, like he, I think you couldn't ask a better person for advice. Um, and he's just so chilled and uh, and so giving of, of his time. I know that if I ever had a problem, I could just pick up the phone and ring him and he would be the happiest person to, to give me a hand. Um, so I'm very lucky to have him and to have his, his phone number like in my phone. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a machine, isn't he? Like he's, he's got this life thing. He seems to have it. I, I used to I used to work in the same building as him and I used to see him in the morning and he was a very nice fellow to talk to. Um and always kind of just like, just not, uh, not up your arse, but just like, you know, just little words of encouragement or, you know, keep up the good work, whatever. No um, bullshit. Yeah, I don't know him that well, but yeah, it doesn't seem, didn't seem to have, I mean, he just seemed like a guy going in to do his job and, you know, we'd meet yeah. getting a coffee in the morning or whatever. So he, he seemed to be, he's doing something right anyway. I don't know. And he hasn't aged at all. No, he looks great. Himself and Steve K from uh, Spin One Hundred Three are drinking the same. I don't know what. I don't know where. I don't know who they're visiting. What? What? Which doctor? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's working. Um, and when you mention Ryan, like, do you do you think about a career, or do you like? Is that something that you 
like I had a conversation with somebody recently about about my position just before I left, and 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 they were like, "Look, there's no such thing as a career in RTE anymore," uh, which you know, which is which is which is <laughs> fine for them to say. And uh, but do you do you think about do you worry about staying there? Do you think about staying there? Do you think about how far you can go within RTE? Do you, like are you thinking about the future? Do you have a goal? Do you have a plan? I don't worry about it at all. And I, and I, I, I just, um, I just think if I'm doing my best and giving it my all, what is there to worry about? Cause if, if it goes tits up, at least I know I have no regrets. And again, that's another, a bit of advice my dad gave me. It was actually at the start of fifth year in school and I've never forgotten it. He, he used to drop me to school in the mornings. And I remember the first day of fifth year, cause that's kind of the start of the leaving cert cycle. He dropped me down to school and before I got out of the car, he said, Darren, I was like, well, dad, I was kind of joking. I was like, any advice before I head in to do this thing? He was like, Darren, as long as you can look back on every day, every week, every month and say, I, I don't think I could have given it anymore. That's all you can do. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to study like eight hours a day and have no weekends. You have to live your life. But as long as you can look back and say, did all I could in uh, you know in the in a way that I was still living my life that's all you can do and that's what and and, and so I don't worry because that's what I'm doing in RTE but I also I'm I'd never be someone to put all my eggs in one basket like I have my podcast which I'm so passionate about and that's my own thing um and I think that you know that's I could grow that podcast I feel into something way bigger it could be its own brand it could be its own festival it could be you know, merch, you know, it could be all of these things if I, if I wanted it to be. Um, and I also teach speech and drama. I have a school in Castle Knock with, with 70 kids with my sister. Uh, it really sadly, we, we haven't been able to do it now with COVID, uh, at least until, you know, 2021 or whatever. But I have that as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm always someone who has little tidbits of things going on everywhere. So I, and I, you know, I just, I wouldn't want to put all my money on staying in RTE forever because I don't know if that's, that's going to happen or if they'll even be happy with me to stay past my the end of my contract you know what I mean so I um I think I think it's important to just keep things moving in lots of different areas so that you know you're never left stuck I think you've done absolutely the right thing and I and I I remember you coming into RT and thinking I thought you were coming in from a strong position uh because you know you you didn't necessarily need to take the job would I be right I mean I mean I don't want to delve into your personal finances or or but but even on a life like you didn't need to do the breakfast show did you i i mean i could have um and uh, you know a lot of people would say to me why are you doing the radio like you could just you could you could influence yeah just, <laughs> the... just full time <laughs> but i know but i see i do i do yeah i feel that i know that i could if i didn't have radio i could develop a youtube channel i feel um you know fully wholeheartedly or i could you know yeah, do more Instagram stuff and grow the Instagram following and, and do more, you know, paid for content there and really throw myself into it, get a feckin' videographer to follow me, full Rob Lipset vibes, you know, all the content looking amazing. And then the podcast and, and the speech and drama. So yeah, I think I, if I didn't have it, I, I don't think I'd be stuck. And that's not to be big headed. It's just, you've asked the question, so I'm answering the question. No, um, I, yeah, you, I, I don't want anybody to apologize for anything they say. And I think yeah. it's, it's a very honest question. I think that's, that's, I think you're in a strong position. I think it's a very good position to come from 
to go into a place like RTE. Okay. But, but, but so important to stay in that position, I think, and not to get complacent and go, ah, I'm here now, it's grand, feck everything else. Yeah, but and also, also, and, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but there, there, sometimes there is a vibe of maybe you should just give up that other stuff now that you work for RTE. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, the, you don't, we're not really sure that we're happy you're doing that. And, and you've been strong in that sense. Uh, and, and, you know, I commend you for that because that's a very important thing and you need to stay in that strong position. Because then you're comfortable, then you're happy to go to work because you're, you're going in because you want to, not because you have to. And, and my experience was I got to the end of five years and I realized I didn't really fucking have anything else, you know, and I, I, I dropped the ball, you know. Um, but that's, that's you, you know, as we just said, you, you, you learn and you, you know, you figure it out from there. You try yeah. not to make the same mistake again. Um, so kind of going back to uh, the universe, I, I, f I feel like there was a time in your life, maybe as a young person, maybe before Trinity, that you might have eyed up doing a breakfast show on a national radio station. Do you think that? Yeah. I, I think that that thought might have been in your head from, from being young. Never in my wildest dreams. Really? Never came into, radio never entered my head. Wow. Ever, ever. Like, and, and, it's, and you would think it would because of, of Ian. Like, I grew up listening to Ian. Well, I grew up listening to Ian to a certain extent. Then I grew up listening to you and Joe on, on Spin. And, like, that was peak. I've said this to you loads of times. Like, on night out, I'm like, Gates, do you remember? Do you remember Jason's Eurosaver? And you're like, yeah, they're in, yeah, I do, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's all Mr. Brennan. And you're like, oh, Jesus, please shut up. Me and Alva, like, <laughs> roaring it on the dance floor. Oh God! I love that. But, um, I love that. But, but so I would have thought. I would have thought because I know from talking to you before that you would have mentioned listening to our breakfast show on spin, and I would have thought. I wondered, is that where she? You know, is that was that a thing? Was that a seed planted? And has she been sort of thinking about that since? Never then? But, dawned on me. But not at all. Never, wow. ever. I because it was always just acting all the way. I wanted to act, and that was it. And when that didn't work out, uh, it was my sister Avian who suggested radio. So I did the Today FM School of Radio, which was only ten weeks. Um, which was handy because like, it's not like I was committing to a three-year course. It, if it didn't work out, it wasn't the end of the world. Um, but it just so happened that I absolutely loved it. And uh, I was like, right, gung-ho, this is what I want to do. And then you went to Spain. So where were you at like, when you, just before you, how did you get into Spain? How did that happen come about? So, so I did the School of Radio. From there, I um, did a social media internship for a couple of weeks because I kind of thought, well, I just, I had no work. Like I was living at home. I didn't have any job. I, I thought in my mind, if I can have I, some sort of an... Can I stop you there? Yes. Just before you move on with and answer the question I asked you. Where were you in your head with life just before and around that radio and doing that intern and living at home? I was in a good place because I was actually happy to be finished college. Um because I just wasn't all that happy there. Right. I was, right. Li I was living at home. Um, my parents were so supportive in that there was no pressure to move out. You know, stay here till you figure it all out. Like, they live in Dublin, so it's perfect. I think if your parents are living in Dublin, you're mad not to live with them, if you, if, you know, unless you absolutely want to move out. Uh, at that age, you know. Um, so I was teaching a bit of speech and drama. I started off with five students in my front room in my parents' house, and I used to take them every Wednesday. And I, I grew that then. So I've been doing that for about three years. So I had grown it to about 24 students in the local hall. So I did that once a week. So that was like pocket money. Um, 
then I taught with my sister Amy and she has a school in Ennis. So I used to drive to Ennis every Saturday. I used to leave Dublin at um, half six, get down, teach for five hours and drive back. So that was a, a few bob. Um, and that was all I needed because I lived at home. You know, I just needed money for nights out, <laughs> really. Um, so I wasn't in that bad a space. I kind of was like, I always had a feeling I was going to figure it out because I knew I wasn't stupid. I knew I had certain talents. So I didn't fret. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to work this out. Then I got it. I went for a social media internship for three months, which paid 250 euro a month. It was just expenses. I told my parents I was doing that. They were like, oh, perfect. Great. That was, that's what we got for the breakfast show on spin. <laughs> I was like literally not far off, I'd say. But uh, <laughs> so I did that for three months and it totally stood to me. It really did. Um, just in terms of social media, but also just having an extra thing on your CV to show that you weren't idle for three months. Um, so from there, I saw a job in Roadwatch as to, to be a part-time Roadwatcher. And so I did that for a year. I was on the show with you a couple of mornings. I remember you used to be slagging me about um, my dad. Uh, I, I said something about him wearing an iron sweater while being out in the boat or something. And you kept being, <laughs> a couple of mornings, you were like, how's your dad in his iron sweater? <laughs> <laughs> I remember was, another day. Yeah, yeah. I remember another day. Bernard was like, "What are you wearing there?" I was like, oh, "Jesus, uh, jeans and a polo neck." He was like, "Oh, that's not sexy." Bye. Oh God, that wasn't very PC of us. Um, <laughs> so I did that. Yeah, yeah so you were. Yes, yeah, so I remember. You, I remember you on the road watch, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for a year, and then from there I went to Spain, and I was the entertainment reporter. Uh, for another year and then the zoo crew came up and I made it known that I wanted to be on air like full time so basically uh, I started in Spain the same time that a new program director started so Shona Ryan hired me that she finished up on the Friday and I started on the Monday so then a new program director started and in a way it was brilliant for me because he kind of didn't know how little, ex like I had no experience on air and he, he didn't really know. So anytime he'd come out to the kind of floor and be like, does anyone want to cover plan B on Saturday? I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll cover plan B. And then I would run into Steve K and be like, Steve, I don't fucking know how to do the desk. Show me how to do the desk. I don't know what to do. So I, like, it was very much a case of fake it till you make it. Like I didn't have a notion what I was at, but I knew I could do it. it I just needed to learn the desk. So I started then being the kind of go-to cover person. I was covering for, for Becky in the evenings or, um, you know, Serena if she couldn't do plan B or whatever. So then when the zoo crew, zoo crew came up, um, Martin had left Spins Out West and Phil, in fairness to him, just came up with the idea to, to pair us together. We didn't know each other at all. And it just became this thing that, like, I, I have the best memories ever of, of the zoo crew. Like, just pure crack, like you know just music and fun and me and martin having the crack on social media um so yeah so from there then did that for a year and a half and then i took a leap of faith and left so what happened what, what was what, hang on a second <laughs> um so a year and a half and you know because yeah what why did you i mean it's a leap of faith but it's a it's a it's an odd move after a year and a half would you not yeah. say, would you not think oh yeah yeah no big time but i i i hit a bit of a wall i was doing too much i was doing the zoo crew in the evenings but i was acting as if i didn't even have the zoo crew so i'd have to be in work at five say to be on air from seven to ten 
And like, it's a, it's a busy show and it's a full on show. But I, in my mind, it was like, well, that's the evenings. Like that's just, that's just the evening. So I would fill my days with other stuff. I'd say yes to absolutely everything, which I think you should do when you're, when you're kind of starting out and try your best not to say no to, to things. So I would fill my days with stuff, like whether it was emceeing things or doing social media campaigns or whatever it might be. I just reached a bit of a point where I was doing too much. I had then got Podge and Raj. So I was going to be doing that um, up until the Christmas. And I just hit a bit of a wall. I, I, I had a kind of a, I don't even want to say panic attack because I, I like it, that's a little bit self-diagnosed. I do think it was a panic attack. You can have a panic attack and, and not feel not feel like you're looking for attention. I think yeah. you know, I had one on air during the breakfast show, you know, and yeah. these things did happen. I did, yeah, yeah, during the show. But I didn't I didn't say anything. I just I just left. I said I just like it was mid link and the guys was carried on with whatever chatting. Yeah. I just had to leave the studio. Yeah. I, I said I felt sick. Left the studio, yeah. got a bit of air, and came back in. Whatever was going on, but just not, just yeah. not, not looking after myself at the time. But it, I think it's okay to say you had a panic attack, you know, and, and you, you, know, you, you were overwhelmed. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a manifestation of being overwhelmed, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was in, I was in the building one day, you know, in in Marconi House, out in the balcony. It was a fab day, and I was on the phone to my mom, and I was ranting and raving about something. I can't even remember what it was. Giving out about something, something had gone wrong. And then in the middle of talking to her, something just clicked in my brain. It was almost like my brain was like, no, can't. You're, you've, you've reached Game, game over, game over. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's, what it, that's what it felt like. And I was like, mom, I have to go. Hung up the phone. And I, I, I remember a couple of days later, I couldn't even remember walking from the balcony to the bathrooms. I just was in this mode of like, I have to get somewhere private. So I went into like a cubicle and I just broke down, bubbling, sweating, shaking, couldn't catch my breath. I just had a total attack. And uh, I, I, did, I did an article with the Sunday Independent at the weekend, and I said that in, in this as well. I was there Googling, like, you know, an hour late, and I had to go on air. And I was there Googling, like, how long does it take to recover from a panic attack? And it was like an hour, usually. And then three, and, and three weeks later, Keith, I still didn't feel right, like. I was just shook. I, I just was wrecked. I, I didn't have enthusiasm for anything. And then like, you know, and I was at the peak of, I suppose, being known on Instagram for always having the crack, always doing videos of my dog. And none of that was ever forced. Like I was having so much crack and I was, you know, enjoying every second of sharing my, my days and my thoughts. But I just hit a, a wall and, and I... Uh, I had to keep it up online. I had to act as if nothing was wrong because I felt like that was my job at that point. Um, I needed to make a decision. And now when I think back, it was mental that my decision was to leave the zoo crew um, because there was no guarantee Padre and Raj was going to last long, which it didn't. It was done by the Christmas. So I was going into the new year with no job. But again, I wasn't worried for, for some reason. But no, it's not for some reason. It's because I have the type of family that are so supportive and no matter what goes tits up. And I suppose my parents have been through the recession. They had had the worst thing happen to them where they lost their business that was their identity and was their, you know, life for, for nearly 30 years. So, you know, anything that was going on with me kind of seemed small in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I had real self-belief. I had the idea for the podcast and I 
kind of thought if nothing else happens for this year, I'm going to focus on this podcast and make it this big thing. And if it means getting a sponsor and that's my form of income, I'll do that. Um, anyway, started the year and then in kind of, was it March or April? It was spring anyway. There were talks, you know, from 2FM, about 2FM. And, uh, and then I started in June and, and that's it. Brilliant, brilliant. It's just, I mean, but there's so much in that. There's so much in there. There's like, you know, there's making the wrong decision, but it turned out to be the right decision. There's, you know, there's, but, but also I think that there's something very valuable in the fact that you, uh, you know, you live with people and you have a family who have been through something and dealt with them. And you kind of, you have that learned experience as a family that you can get through stuff together and, and yeah. things can be better. And you can get to the, you know, you can get to your worst ebb and, and you can build on it and everything will be okay. And, you know, you, you, you've, you, you did that journey together as a team. And I do, I, I feel so, I, I really do feel so lucky. And it's only when I'm at this age, I think, I realize how lucky I am. Because there are obviously people who, yes, they could go back and live with their parents if, if everything went tits up, but they never would, for, whether it's for pride or whether it's because they don't have the best relationship with their parents or whatever it might be. The, even if their parents can't financially deal with it, um, so I feel so lucky that I do have that, mm. you know, that support. Um, I'll, I'll let you go on in a minute because I know you need to sleep and we've been chatting for a while. Uh, yeah, no, there's no panic. The, so, so now how do you deal? So, so to make sure you don't have a panic attack again, which none of us can ever make sure we don't have a panic attack again, but what do you do? How do you deal with your, how do you look after yourself? Yeah, they say even the thoughts of a panic attack can bring on a panic attack. So I'm like, if I just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Did you not say, I think you, I saw a bit of advice that I took. I think it was you. You sort of lean into the panic attack and you just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you let it happen well, I, or, you, I, or you, go full, you go for it. You, you don't, yeah. try and, don't try and fight it or something like that. I heard that on, on, on Fern Cotton's podcast. And I, yeah, I said it somewhere again, that if you feel it coming on or you think it's coming, just surrender. And be like, come at me, give me your, give me what you've got. And generally, that kind of, it, it, it makes it, it not, it doesn't make it go away, but it makes it just, I don't know, in your mind, it's like, oh, actually, oh, what? <laughs> it's like a double bluff type double thing. Double bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, well, look at, ideally, you wouldn't even get to that point. Mm. So, so for the mo most part, um, like I mean, I've looked up kind of CBT techniques. Um, you know, uh, about just trying to change your thought process and when negative thought, like realizing that thoughts are just thoughts, they're not, mm. they don't define you is a very simple one. Um, you know, if negative thoughts come into your head or negative self-talk comes into your head, my mom actually taught me this one because she learned it somewhere to literally think of a stop sign, like a red and white stop sign. If you just, if you just get that image into your head. And think about a stop sign <laughs> and just think about a road, right? So a road, that one road is the negative thoughts. The other road is just, you know, accepting that things are going to be okay no matter what happens. Think about the stop sign and just go down the casual, everything's going to be okay road. That is beautiful. That is poetic, <laughs> beautiful. The imagery, I can see the stop sign. I can see the road. I'm, I'm on that road. I'm on, road I'm on to, road. I'm on I'm on the road to everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Uh, that's brilliant. And do you, and do you, and exercise, gym. Yeah, yeah. I need meditation, I need yoga, any of those. Meditation, things. yoga. I wish I was someone who 
could get into it. And I know that if I gave it proper time, I would get into it and I would, it would become a routine of mine. But for, for now, I kind of just exercise. Like I live right beside the Phoenix Park. Like getting a dog was the best thing ever in terms of just forcing yourself to get outside every single day. Um, sleep is so important for me. And, and eating as well as I can. Like I'm not in any way a fitspo. I don't do meal planning or anything like that, but try not to, and drink as well. Try and avoid, you know, heavy. And I know that they're all the typical things that like a doctor would tell you, but it's the simple things that work, you know? Mm. Um, not go, not, you know, on a Saturday night having way more wine than you should have. No one went to stop and start drinking water. And then even the next day, even if you do, don't, if you don't feel great, at least you know you tried and you kind of go, you sure I had a few pints of water. It's okay. Even if I am a bit hungover, it's not the fucking end of the world there and get over it. You'll be in work tomorrow. Yep, but I do keep moving. Yeah, yeah. And try and make something of a day where you feel like you're worst as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all good stuff. And, and I, I really, I'm really glad you did the, my, Charlie's at my, my feet. <laughs> Charlie sat at my feet and I was barking because someone came in the door. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. He just wants to be on the podcast. Charlie, you can't we go had a beach on. We had a beach on when we were kids. They're, they're the cutest. Oh, Charlie's great. And he sits at my feet when I'm doing podcasts. He generally <laughs> follows me around all the time. He's cool. Um, <laughs> but he's ruining a moment on the podcast. The, um, I was sorry to see that you lost your granddad. And I, I'm just sorry. Just a second. Just and I wondered, and I'm sorry. I just I was sorry to see that you lost your granddad, and I wondered about whether you'd do the podcast or whether I knew you had a busy schedule coming up. And are you? Um, and how are you? Is my question. I'm good. I'm. I think it's um. It's more a case of I'm. I'm so sad for my mom. Um. Obviously, of course, I'm sad. Um, but, you know, my, gran- my grandparents live in Clare. So my everyday life doesn't feel hugely affected. Of course, I would think about them a lot and wonder how they're doing. I think it's, it'll be very much a case of all of the firsts will be really hard. Like my, my grandparents always did Christmas with us. So Christmas will be tough. It'll be that, you know, that cliche. But it is true of, of the empty, you know, table or chair at the table. Um, I feel so sad for my Nana, like she has really bad rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so there's a lot of things my granddad would have done for her that maybe, um, we never would have even known about like simple things. Like she couldn't plug in the electric blanket cause her, her hands are really bad. Even locking the door, you know, little things like that. It's like, oh, it's like when you think of a, a life partner and growing old together, that they're literally the things that, you know, you know, you do for each other as, as a couple. And so it's, uh, it's going to be really tough for her. Um, but yeah, he was just a larger than life person. He was 95. So, you know, everyone, you know, people say, Oh, he had a great run at it. It still makes it really, it's still really hard to lose someone. Um, but you know, the great thing is like he drove until the day he died. Like he was totally independent, but he was a musician. He played the concertina and, uh, and he played the concertina right up to the end. And I think, it would have broken his heart if he wasn't able to play his music in his in his latter years, and he always did. So, you know, there's great, great comfort in that. Thanks to Charlie for ruining that lovely poignant <laughs> moment. We're talking about your granddad. Thanks, Charlie. 
if this podcast doesn't succeed, it's all Charlie's fault. <laughs> I just think it's great. I think it's great, you know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's a little comfort to say he died at a great age, but he kept going. I mean, if you could, if you could think of a, for me, of a life of just go, going right to the end, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's almost the dream, isn't it? Uh, so times. look, I hope you look after yourself and grief can be a funny thing. So just mind yourself. Um, and best of luck with everything. I'm, I'm a big admirer, so I think you're doing you're doing great. So just keep doing what you're doing and believe in yourself. I know you do anyway. But, Thank uh, you. Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the whole podcast. I'm talking about self belief. I'm like, oh no, I do believe in myself, Keith. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, but the, there's not, the, there's no harm. Look, I, the, the point of it is that that someone can believe in themselves um, and back themselves and still have moments and still have wobbles and still have yeah, ups course. and downs and still have you know it, it doesn't. It's not one or the other, you know, um, yeah. and that's sort of what, we're, you know, we're trying to get across and what I'm trying to get across here is that, that it's, you know, life, life is real and it, it's, it's sort of, you know, you, you, all we're doing is our best here. So thanks very much. Darren, best of luck with the podcast. And the best of luck with this. And I was, I was tuning in just earlier on this morning. So I, I, I usually flick on something on my drive from um, home to RTE. It takes about 25 minutes. So I throw on something to get my mind moving and I was listening to yourself and Tyg and Derry what a lovely family I know they're gas they're, and it was great to have a chat because I didn't really know what kind of chat I'd have with them um, yeah. and I, with these things I just like to I don't just like the chat to evolve really you know yeah. um, and it went to some strange places we were talking about Medjugorje finding God and it was just it was good but they were they're nice they're nice people and this genuinely seemed like a nice family you know? yeah. so uh, yeah, it was good it was good um, and that's what's great about doing stuff like this. And you know, is getting to talk to people like that and, and getting to hear their wisdom. So, big time. Thanks again. I let you go and have your nap. Thank you so much, Keith. Nice turn. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. 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 So there you have it. I have to speak a bit quietly now because everyone's gone to bed and I'm upstairs and I don't want to wake anybody and get in trouble. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed the um, the chat with Darren. It's a kind of a soft D, so um, I don't think I've quite mastered it. She says it beautifully. Obviously, she says her own name beautifully, but it's kind of Dearn, Dearn, It's not a D-Z. Anyway, sorry, Dearn, Dearn, if you're listening. I've overthought it now. It's just Dearn. That's it. It's fairly straightforward. Um, I could just imagine someone trying to perfect the pronunciation of my name. It's Keish. Quiche. The TH is like a sh. Quiche. Or Keith. I like to say Keith, actually. I uh, hope you enjoy that chat with Dearn. And I'd like to apologise on behalf of Charlie for ruining a wonderful moment. Um, Not much to say in the outro. Just do get in touch. You can email me. Or you could uh, send me a letter. Oh no, then I'd have to give up my address. Um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and send me whatever, whatever you want. Any thoughts about the uh, about the podcast or anything about life? And I'd love to hear from you. So, um, yeah, that's the crack. I've uh, stay listening. If you haven't heard any of the earlier episodes, you should go back to uh, some excellent ones with Tyg Fleming and his dad. Me chatting to my friend Mike Marin about everything from. Kurt Cobain dying to the man who uh, turned Claire into a tourist attraction, effectively. 
back in the 1800s. Everything, anything could happen. When you're talking to Mike, anything could happen. Once the mic is on, Mike is on. You know what I'm saying? Um, Lots still to come from the Keith Walsh podcast. That's my son shouting at me. I don't know. What, yeah? Do you want to come in? What's up? I'm just recording the outro here for the, to the podcast. Oh, hello. You can say hello to all the listeners. Hello. Good man. Uh, did you want something? Are you not supposed to be asleep? It's 20 past 10. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, let me finish this. I'll be two seconds and then okay. I'll talk to you, okay? Okay. All right, bud. We close over the door. Yeah. Thanks a lot. There you go. That's the youngest man in the house. Uh, Finn. Finn Walsh. Future scooter rider. Professional. Star. Watch out for him. Uh, anyway, I better sign off. I've got to go. Probably need to get a glass of water or something. Food. I don't know. Who knows? Something. Thanks for listening as always. Tell your friends and like and subscribe. And tell your friends and like and subscribe. Got to go. Just I'll just say goodbye. Goodbye. And that's it. I can just leave it at goodbye. We just, I don't want to say anymore. I can just say goodbye. Finish the podcast. That's it. Nothing, nothing more needs to be said. Just finish it. Goodbye. Over. Done. Okay? Alright, here we go. Thanks for listening. Good night. And mind yourselves. Be good. And you know what? Just finish the podcast. Just say goodbye and that's it. Goodbye. Is that alright? Yeah. Stop talking to yourself. I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. I am yourself. Weirdo. I heard that. I heard that. 